Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Well, good morning, Crossroads. Oh, we can do better than that, can't we? Good morning, Crossroads. That's better. That's better. It's good to be here this morning and to celebrate with you once again Palm Sunday. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. But you know, I struggled this week a lot to try to figure out what God really wanted me to preach about today. What message was he giving me? Lately, I have been thinking a lot about identity and how we need to decide who we are and what defines us. That's what I was thinking about. That's what I was wrestling with. And there, there are questions that, that we struggle with as, as Christ followers. And those two questions, who am I and what defines me, are two of the main questions that a lot of Christ followers struggle with, no matter how long they've been in the church. And not only Christ followers, but even non-believers will struggle with those two questions. And I thought, you know, that, that is something that really needs to be talked about. Maybe I should talk about that. And I would go back and forth with Palm Sunday, identity, Palm Sunday, identity. I just was struggling all week long. But it came back that as important as identity is, it means nothing if we don't understand who Christ is and what he did for us over 2,000 years ago. We can't understand who we are until we understand who he is, and we will never understand our true purpose in life until we understand his purpose for us in life. So this, this theme about the season that we're in, Palm Sunday, this first Sunday of Passion Week, um, this whole next week is very special to our faith and to Christianity. And it is this whole week that actually birthed Christianity. And as we think about it, and you think more and more about Palm Sunday and, and Jesus' triumphal entry into, the, into Jerusalem, it's all about identity. And I'm like, oh, light bulb went off. Okay, Lord, you've been, I've been fighting about wanting to do identity. And you said, no, do Palm Sunday. But it is identity. Because we all have to know who Christ was. What happened this week, over 2,000 years ago, changed everything. It was, the, it was the game changer. It changed the history and all creation. It changed the the present day, uh, that present day, and it also turned, changed eternity. When Jesus Christ gave his life as a ransom and a sacrificial love offering for us, it radically transformed everything about the world. It radically transformed them. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus made a, a way for every person born on this earth to be reborn from above and filled with his Holy Spirit. 
Jesus made a way for us to experience life on this earth in a whole new way when he came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Today, I can live my life filled with the Holy Spirit because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. All of this to say, it comes back to Palm Sunday. The anniversary of Jesus riding into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. And he did that so that he would fulfill the scripture in Zechariah 9.9 where it talks about him riding into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. So Jesus had to do that. And this was no surprise to him. It was no surprise to anybody. Uh, It wasn't a surprise to God either. They knew he was going to do this. Now when the disciples were told go to the village before you and get a donkey and get the colt of that donkey. And if anybody has a a question for you about it, just tell them the master needs it. Jesus had already planned out this great parade that he was going to be the grand marshal in. He had already planned it out from the beginning. He rode through the city and scores of followers, they would lay down palm branches, and they would lay down their cloaks, and as he, walked, as he rode in on that donkey, he would ride in, and they would shout out, Hosanna, Hosanna, here comes the king. And they would come in, and, and they would put these branches down. It was an entry like none other. And it was something different and something unexpected because up until this point, Jesus would always tell everybody when he healed them or when a miracle happened, don't tell anybody who I am. Don't let anybody know that I'm the one that did this. That's what he was saying all along. He would tell his disciples, don't make a big deal about me. It's not my time. And then on Palm Sunday... On this first Sunday of Passion Week, he comes in and he says, it's now my time. I want everyone to know who I am. And he comes in and he fulfills scripture as he comes in riding on a pony, or on a donkey, I'm sorry. This morning we're going to look at um, John chapter 12. This triumphal entry into Jerusalem, this this big parade that Jesus did, must have been very important because it is one of the only events found in all four Gospels. It's recorded in Matthew 21, it's recorded in Mark 11, it's recorded in Luke 19, and it's recorded here in John chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles or if you want to follow along on the screens, uh, we're going to start with verse 12 of John chapter 12. It says, The next day, a great multitude had come to the, uh, come to the first when, or come to, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches on, of palm trees, and went out to meet him, and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord the king of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it was written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey, on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, 
then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had to, they had to be done or had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he cried or called Lazarus out of the, his tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness for the reason the people also met him because they heard that he had done, he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, we just ask that you would be with us through the remainder of this service, Lord, that you would give me the words that you would have me to speak, that you would give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. It says the disciples didn't understand. I mean, I can imagine being with Jesus, him telling us for three and a half years, keep everything under wraps. Don't let anybody know what's going on. And then all of a sudden now being told, let's have a party, basically. Let's have a parade. I'm coming in. I want them to know. And you wonder if the people who met him there, it says that, that Jesus, if you read earlier in the chapter there, Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. It was a miracle. It was a miraculous thing to see. A man who had been dead for four days, and he's called out by Jesus, and he walks out of the grave, and not stinking, not, not, not in um, decaying, but he walked out, and he, he was a new man. He was free to walk, but he was dead. And people saw this, and they saw this, this miracle, and you know they must have thought, what a man. What a guy. This has to be someone special. This has to be from God. And they, they called out. So were the people there because of the miracle, or were they there because of they really knew who Jesus was? Those are some of the, the questions we ask ourselves when we read through this story. This morning, though, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the palm tree, talking about this palm. And you, have you ever wondered why they used palm branches? In the, um, in the ancient days, there were specific palm branches that they would use. And what they used here, from everything that I can read and find out, was it was a date palm tree. Um, palm trees had all kind of meanings and symbols for those who lived in the ancient world. They had symbols that the Jewish friends saw the palm trees and they still do, as the greatest trees of all creation. Its, an image, its image was carved on doors and doorposts and walls of the temple. It was one of the most visible symbols pointing back to the Garden of Eden, to life here on earth and to everlasting life yet to come. The book of Revelations, it is the tree that John sees growing uh, by the crystal sea on the, new heaven, or on the new earth. Archaeologists tell us that the palm tree was 
a, uh, a, was seen as a sacred tree by other tribes, not just the Jewish tribes. Babylonians, Egyptians, Greeks, and even the Romans saw that this tree was something special. This tree had, had something in it. It meant something. We know that certain trees, plants and animals, uh, take on a life of their own. And they, they, they become bigger than, than life itself. They come to represent certain ideas and thoughts. For example, a red rose almost always represents and gives us the idea of love. While a white rose would give us, a symbol, or give us an idea or symbolize the idea of purity or innocence. Most weddings back, way back when only used white roses to decorate the church or decorate the hall because it was a symbol of purity, a symbol of innocence as they came up to the altar. The golden eagle is a symbol of power as well as a symbol of holiness, perseverance, and commitment. The oak tree is a symbol of strength and stability and endurance. The olive tree is a symbol of prosperity, peace, and harmony. And the raven is a symbol of death and sorrow, whereas the dove is a symbol of life and peace. So there are certain things in animals and, and plants that we have looked through throughout the history, throughout history, as having special meaning. So this palm tree, I want to talk about it this morning, about being palm tree Christians. Did you know that there are over um, some 2,700 different varieties of palm trees around the world? Just one of those facts. So which one of these did they use? As I said, they used the date tree um, mostly in Jesus' time. You can walk around Israel and this date palm is what you will find almost everywhere you go. You will find a date palm. From all that we can discover uh, and all the images, it's the date palm. The date palm could withstand the harsh environment that it was in. It could withstand the desert-like area, um, and it would thrive there. The date palm provided food, shelter, and comfort. It was said that it took only one single date palm tree to meet the necessary needs of every Jewish boy, man, woman, boy, and girl. A date palm was seen as the queen of all trees in Israel. A number of places in the Middle East were named after the date palm. In Hebrew, the word palm is tamar, or T-A-M-A-R, tamar. In Genesis 14.7, we find uh, a place named, um, and I'm going to screw this up, but it's Hazan, Hazanan tamar. In 1 Kings 9.18, King Solomon named one of his cities uh, Tadmar, which is a variation of Tamar. Jacob's son, King David, as well as Absalom, named their daughters Tamar, which stood for the idea of grace and uprightness and righteousness um, and beauty. It's found throughout scriptures. So what is it exactly about this tree 
that caused Bible writers to see it as a great symbol of the life dedicated to God. What about it uh, made it great for a teaching tool both for the ancient rabbis and for us today? That's what I want to look at. There's four things that I want to look at. The first one is the heart of the date tree. Um, the date palm trees are unique in the way that they grow. One of those being that they grow from the inside out. They have a heart, and they grow from the center of the tree out. Um, have you ever wrapped a wire or a rope around a tree, and after years you would notice you'd come back to that tree, and it looked like the tree just grew around the rope? You can't tell where it was. You could tell there was something there. That's because it grows from the outside in. The date tree, if you would tie a wire or a rope around it and you would come back years later, you would see that that rope or that wire would bust because as the tree expanded, it would expand the wire, it would expand the rope, it would bust it because it grows from the inside out. <clears throat> this is the same way that we should be growing as Christ followers. This is a, a good example of what it means to be a Christ follower. See, we don't grow our relationship with God from the outside in. We don't grow it from the outside. We grow from the inside out. We ask God to come in. When we become a Christ follower, when we become a Christian, we ask him into our hearts. We ask Jesus to come in, save us, change us, make us new, and we start to grow from the inside out. He makes us a new creation from the inside, not the outside. Paul even said in 2 uh, Corinthians, I think it is, that we, we are, our old vessels or our bod bodily vessels will start to deteriorate. They'll start to, to waste away. But our new man, our inside guy, he will flourish and become new every day. I mean, if you don't believe me, just look in the mirror. When I look in the mirror, I see things sagging that never sagged before. When I get up off the couch, I see that I have creaks and pops and, and noises that I never made in my life, but I'm making them now. If I look at my skin, I find that I have little brown spots all over me that never were there before. But I got them now. My wife will say, if you look at yourself, you, don't have, you can't hear me half the time. I need some hearing aids. There are so many things that go, are going wrong with my body, and it's just a part of aging. It's just a part of growing old. But as a Christ follower, as we grow old in Christ, as we become that new creation, our, our minds and our souls and our spiritual bodies, they are being renewed every day. And one day we will shed this skin. We will shed this body. And we will get new bodies that won't ache and that won't hurt and that won't suffer. And I'm looking forward to that day. How about you? We're going to get new bodies. And the date tree, the date palm tree shows us how to live this life from the inside out. To look at life 
a little differently. When we uh, go through this power of the resurrection and we go through what God has done for us, and as we grow as Christians, we should be growing in love. We should be growing in joy. We should be growing in patience. We should be growing in kindness and in faithfulness and in gentleness and in self-control. That's what we need to be growing in. And we can be continually moving forward and upward, living a life of righteousness and of holiness as long as we're growing from the inside out and we're not looking at our circumstances and looking at things around us. And then the, other, the second thing I want to look at is their root system. The, the date palm trees have a unique root system as well. They have a root system that goes deep into the soil and it absorbs the smallest little source of water. Many date palms are able to grow 80 to 100 feet tall, yet they live in a desert or in the desert-like environment. How do they do that? How do they grow so tall? It's because they reach down deep. They are always reaching deep into the soil. They do, they do it by sending out a root system that is able to search out the smallest drops of water while at the same time establishing a strong and stable foundation. As Christ followers, we are to make, uh, make sure that we do that as well. We are to be deeply connected to the source of our living water. We are to be deeply connected to Jesus Christ. And because of that, we can build a stable foundation, and we need to not to worry about being moved. All you have to do is turn on the TV, turn on, or go to a movie, turn on social media. Wherever you're at, you will see that we are living in a spiritual desert. We are living in a time where people don't have time for each other. People don't have time for, for anything. And we are starving. We are thirsting for something. And we are going to die because we cannot find the source of water that we need. We aren't standing on a stable foundation today with all of the stuff that's going on around us and the circumstances that I have built up in my life and your life, we wonder, how can we dig deeper? How can we get a hold of that water that's going to take care of us, that's going to trans, uh, transform us, that's going to help us to have a stable foundation? How do I get a hold of that? And it's just by turning to Jesus and asking him to give you that water. And he will give it to you freely. One of the other things, that they, uh, as they grow, the date palm trees, they grow in clumps or in, in, in groups. And as they grow in these groups, their root systems get intertwined with one another. And as they get intertwined with one another, they're able to be stronger. They're able to withstand 
the winds and the dust storms and the, the, the things that come along. And they can stand firmly. This is what it's supposed to be like in a church. This is why we have churches. We have churches so that we don't have to go through life alone. We can go through life with one another. We can intertwine with one another. We can become one group, one family, walking with the same purpose to follow God and to love him. You see, I said earlier that we will never understand what our true purpose is in life until we understand God's purpose for us. And God only has two purposes for us. Listen close. They're really hard. It's to love Him with all of our hearts, minds, and souls, and to love each other. Those are the only two things we are called to do. We aren't called to go out and build big churches. We aren't called to go out and have wonderful jobs. We aren't called to go out and spend a bunch of money on anything else. We are called to love God and love His people and those around us. So many times today, we have people sitting in the church that won't talk to someone else because they didn't agree with them at the board meeting. We have people that, that won't talk to somebody because they looked at me the wrong way when I walked through the door, and they're just judgmental. That's not what church is to be about. That's not what following Christ is to be about. We are not to be judgmental. We are not to be those who will... To, who will um, criticize anybody that comes in the door. We are to love them no matter what. I don't care what a person comes through the door as, what they're wearing, what they look like, how they sound. It doesn't matter. We are to love them like God loves them, and that is unconditionally. But Mark, I can't do that. No, you can't do that. And we'll get to that in just a minute. And then we're talking about the date tree as a useful uh, as its usefulness. One of the reasons the date palm became favorites of, among God's people in, in Jesus' day was that it was able to do so many things for them. It has been said that the ancient people found over 360 different uses for the date palm tree. Its fruit, its branches, its lumber, and even its root systems are all very valuable. From the fruit, they would get food, jams and jellies, and all kinds of drinks. Dates are rich in a bunch of vitamins. They're rich in vitamins like B1, B2, B3, B5, vitamins A, vitamin C, and I could go on and on. They're, they're valuable because of what they can do for us and how they nourish to nourish us. From their branches, they learned how to make ropes and put roofs on houses and make um, uh, baskets and riggings from their leaves. From different parts of the tree, they learned how to make different kinds of medicine. From its straight lumber, they produced beautiful, beautiful, straight 
and fantastic beams that would be used in construction. From the sap, it made spices. And they used the pods to cook with and firewood. And from time to time, even money. They would trade the pods for money. It was also a great signpost. As you were traveling in ancient times and you would come across a clump of, of palm trees, you knew there was a water source. You knew that there was something there. You could find water, water and shelter and comfort underneath the, the, the palm trees. A clump of palm trees was a welcome sight for travelers in the ancient world. All of this brings some questions to you and me, though. If that palm tree, that little palm tree right there, can be so useful, then we have to ask ourselves, what am I useful for? What use am I, and what, have, what use are we as a church? How, do, how are we making our community a better place? Another question we can ask ourselves is, what do we have to offer to those who come our way? Another question is, how can we be a comfort, a shelter, a resource to, do, uh, to help those around us to do everyday life? In other words, are we living, are we loving God and are we loving each other? Go back to those two purposes. Are we loving God and are we loving each other? There are so many people that will walk away and walk straight past the door of the church, even though they're hurting and they need something because they know that they're going to be judged when they come inside. Folks, we need to do better. We need to be better. We need to love better. We need to care more for those around us. And I don't mean just in the church. I mean those around us. We need to show God's love to everyone we come in contact with. Everyone. The last thing is the sweetness of the date palm. These palm trees are evergreens. And as such, they have been created to grow and to stay green and to stay fresh. They have also been designed so that they mature. As they mature, they get a better fruit on them. And that fruit becomes sweeter and sweeter. Starting around the age of 90 to the 100, the palm tree are able to give their best fruit. I hope I can give my best fruit when I'm 80 and 90 years old. They start to give their best fruit. Each year, they can provide up to 200 to 250 pounds of fruit per tree. Some palms have even been reported as being able to give good fruit past 150 years of age and older. 
It wasn't merely the longevity that attracted the ancient people to these trees. It was also their ability to grow sweeter and sweeter fruit as years went by. It was their ability to stay green and pleasing to the eye and good for the soul. Isn't that our goal as Christ followers? It should be our goal as Christ followers. We should be more pleasing as years go on. Yet I will find people that are become bitter in the church. They come to church and they just sit there. Yeah, I see you over there. Mm-hmm. Don't know what they're wearing, but that shouldn't be worn in the church. And they become bitter. They become angry. They become these dried up dates instead of the fresh, vibrant dates. Instead of getting sweeter and sweeter, as the days go by, as the old song says, they get more and more bitter as time goes on. They get more judgmental. They get meaner as life goes on. They suddenly have no filters about them. They'll say what's on their mind and they don't care who it hurts or how it hurts. Just because they had someone or something happen in the church that they didn't like. Folks, that's not what we're supposed to do. That's not how we're supposed to love. As we grow in Christ, we are to be more loving, kind, and generous, and respectful than ever before. As we grow in Christ, our spiritual fruit is to be richer and more enjoyable and, more, uh, and, and to be able to be shared with others more and more. As we grow in Christ, we are to become more attractive in the Spirit and more of a benefit to those around us instead of just crawling into our homes, locking the door, and keeping everybody out. I started this message this morning talking about how I was struggling with preaching a traditional Palm Sunday message or a message on identity. And as I shared earlier, they are two in the same. We have to know who we are in Christ and what Christ did for us 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago, in order to be a changed person today, in order to find our true identity. Like the date palm tree, we want to be Christ followers who age well and that continue to provide wonderful and spiritual fruit in our lives for those around us to share. 
So as we close this morning, let's, let's do our best to simply become a palm tree Christian this morning. A date palm tree follower of Jesus Christ. And that means that we will allow the Lord to help us grow from inside out. That, that means that we will, be, we will put our hearts in the hands of Jesus and allow him to redeem us and transform us. That means that we will commit to the Lord completely and that we will do what we can to stretch out, to stretch out our root system and get deeper and deeper. And we do that by getting into the Word of God and we get to do that by getting deeper into prayer and getting deeper into a relationship with God. Finding the living water that He has for us and drinking of that living water. It means that we will do everything we can to connect with one another and establish a good root system and a foundation for one another. That no matter what life throws at us, we can stand strong because we have each other and we can rely on each other. That means that we will ask the Lord to help us become the best resource for others in our area. That when people need help spiritually, emotionally, socially, financially, that we can deepen, or they can depend on us and for a helping hand to hold them. And I'm not talking that we have to give them hundreds of dollars. Maybe they just need somebody to come and sit beside them. Not say a word but just be there for them. Will you be that person today? Will you be ready and willing to allow God to use you in a way that you've never been used before? Will you get out of your comfort zone a little bit so that you can give God the blessings and bless others in the process? That means that we are to do our best to mature productively and with a great deal of sweetness. And I know for some, it's going to be hard to get sweet. Just saying, Larry. I don't know. But I, it's going to be that way. So, we need to know this morning who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Jesus is the Son of God who came into this world while we were yet sinners. And he took upon himself the cross so that we would have a relationship with his Father, God. He came, he died. But the thing is, death could not hold him. The Bible tells us that on the third day he rose again. He conquered death and the grave. And because of that we have victory over death and we have victory over our sins. And Jesus is the one who makes us who we are. This morning allow Jesus to make you who you are. There's an old song that says, take my life and let it be. Consecrated Lord to thee. 
Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in endless praise. Take my hands and let them move. And at the impulse of thy love, take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing, always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with a message from thee. Take my silver, take my gold. Not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart. It is thine. It shall be the royal throne. Take my love, my Lord. I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take my life and let it be ever, only, all for thee. Father, we give you our lives today. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to become more like a palm tree, like a date palm follower of you. Father, I pray if there's anyone here this morning or anyone who tunes in and watches this live stream that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior of their life, that you would speak to their hearts right now, Lord. And that you would, you would let them know that it doesn't matter what they did or how they did it or who they did it, whatever. That you love them and you died for them. And all they have to do is ask you and you will come into their life. Father, help us as we just close this service this morning to listen to your, your voice and your call. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you guys to stand as the band comes up and to just think about one thing that really struck me from what Mark was talking about, that judgmental issue that people feel when they walk into churches. So uh, I'm going to ask you, don't bow your heads, don't close your eyes, but just think about this for you personally. Have you ever felt judged because of the way you look? or maybe the way that you dress, or maybe the way that you walk, or maybe the way that you talk. Um, I've been judged for all that, especially as a pastor with earrings and tattoos. Uh, I've even been judged because people said my wife is way hotter than me, and she is. But think about this. That level of Palm Sunday Christianity eliminates all of that because we realize that We've all been judged by God, and even though we don't deserve his love or his grace or his mercy, he gives it to us anyway and then asks us to do what Mark said, to love him and to love others that same way. So as we sing this next song, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. God, we just pray that, as Mark said, that we would see other people the way that you see us worthy of being loved worthy of experiencing your grace and your mercy, <laughs> worthy of knowing that they matter because of what you did on the cross. Amen. 
We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com, or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you and God bless.